Alrighty, it's Guru and the Wiz here on a Friday, the last day of July. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got five months of 2020 left. And the end of August is usually a sign that football is ready to go. And <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking right now, Wiz. There's a lot going on in the Major League Baseball scene, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully football is watching this very closely. We've talked about that a number of times. A couple of news items out there. Opt-outs continuing. Antonio Brown suspended. So lots going on, Wiz. What's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to talk about Damian Williams for Kansas City opting out. That's the biggest name by a mile. Uh, People who have their eye on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's going to go for some big money in auction drafts and taken very early in snake drafts now without Damian Williams in his way. And, yeah, I remember you asking me about Antonio Brown, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, if I had my eye on what was going on there, and I said there was some – little nuances that were going on there, that he was settling here, he was doing this, some, you know, judgments were, were, were being resolved, and it, it seems like I was right that that was cleared the way, and now he has his, you know, suspension. Teams know what the suspension is going to be looking like, and, um, you know, he's going to play somewhere uh, this season, uh, and um, you know, I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. I have some... Uh, thoughts. I know conventional wisdom is, uh, at this point, Seattle or the Ravens, considering he's related to Marquise Brown uh, and Lamar Jackson is pumping him up. That seems to be, you know, I guess the favorite at this point, but I I think, you know, Green Bay is a team that you should keep your eye out on because, I don't know, they may have a chance to really uh, undo what a lot of people think was a disappointing draft by not helping Aaron Rodgers out. So if you can imagine pairing up Antonio Brown with Devontae Adams. I, I think maybe Green Bay could be a sleeper in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing on my mind with the opt-outs, and what it was August 3rd sounds to be the deadline. I think, you know, I, I will say one thing on this. I, I've seen some people out there criticizing these players for opting out. and I look, calling them gladiators. What are they doing? I've seen, I've seen commentary on this in places. I don't think any of us have a right to kind of comment on that. You know, these are, these are people with personal situations. I think a lot of times we, we look at these athletes and we, and we put them on, you know, on a different playing field, so to speak. But um, look, this is, unfortunately for a lot of us, it's a, it's a life and death situation. I think there are a lot of situations where, you know, you've had cancer incidences in families and, you know, comorbidities and stuff. So there's a, there's a lot going on here. Um, you know, uh, players having babies. So I, I respect everything that the NFL has tried to do here. And, and, and the fact that players are opting out, you know, un, unfortunately that's part of it. Yeah. You, you want to see everybody partake, but you know, this is just part of the game. And I, and, and, and so I would add to that. It's kind of interesting what's going on in new England. And we spoke at length about the new England defense um, in a couple of different podcasts and, you know, they had already lost some veteran guys, and now Dante uh, Hightower and, and, and Patrick Chung are out. Now, it's going to really press some of those young guys, uh, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, uh, Kyle Duger, into, uh, into action earlier. So that, that's a situation to watch because that defense was a premier defense last year for sure. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll see, you know, a, a fair amount of players that are going to opt out 
over these next few days. I guess it just comes down to will any of those names be prominent names? Um, you know, that's the that's the thing to to keep an eye on uh, to see you know see see to see what happens with that. That'll be uh, that'll that'll be certainly interesting to see how that goes. Yep, no doubt about it. Okay, so uh, Wiz and I have been uh, marching through each and every team, um, and we've got two left. So let's start with the final team in the American Football Conference, and that is the Tennessee Titans, who had quite an interesting last year last year. Um, Mike Vrabel uh, got this team pretty far in the playoffs. Uh, he wasn't the only one. He had a lot of help from guys like Derrick Henry and, and in particular, you know, Ryan Tannehill, who, who took a chance um, and, and signed a backup role and end up uh, overtaking uh, Marcus Mariota for the job. Um, and, and really, by, t- by time he took over the job in the, in the time he was a starting quarterback, he was ranked in the top five um, in per week scoring. Uh, in fantasy, so so Wiz, what's your what's your take on Tannehill? Do, do, does he have more to build on? Was it fluky? You think he reverts? Is this a or is this a natural system uh, that that fits Tannehill's uh, skill set? I think really Tannehill got a, a really chance to play with some confidence and have a coaching staff that had confidence in him. Um, and uh, you know, it just it just seems like once in a while you get a player who gets a fresh start. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, just a, a completely different player that he looks like, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake and, you know, look like that as well. And and uh, so, uh, yeah, I like Tannehill. Uh, we'll get to A.J. Brown, but that's a combination to keep your eye on. Uh, that connection just seems to be getting better and better and better, and even though he's only a second-year player. It's obvious that A.J. Brown has taken over, and he's, you know, clearly the number one guy there but yeah i like Tannehill. i like that he can throw the ball deep make big plays in the passing game also will use his legs get up maybe a few garbage rushing touchdowns here and there when you're not expecting it so yeah i like Tannehill to kind of build on what he did last year um you know i, I wouldn't say I, I would draft him as one of my top 12 quarterbacks but He's certainly a quarterback that's a good bi-week quarterback or if you're in a situation like we had mentioned where you're drafting a guy like Ben Roethlisberger and you're concerned about him making it through the season, I think Tannehill is a perfect guy to pair up with a quarterback like Roethlisberger. What do you what do you think about that? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. When I took a close look at – because he started 10 games for, for the Titans, and, uh, and in those 10 games he threw for – for 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, only only six picks. So that, that's that's a pretty impressive set of uh, uh, statistics there. And, and and he can run a little bit. You know, you think he had 100 and something like 185 yards rushing. I think that was a number and a couple of touchdowns. So he does a lot of interesting things. I know we, we will talk about uh, Antonio uh, AJ Brown. Excuse me. Uh, the the one thing that is noteworthy though is is the Titans ranked in the top five in explosive plays both in the pass game and the run game. And, and that will lead us to talk to both both about Derrick Henry and, um, and, and A.J. Brown, who, who are key weapons in this attack. But, yeah, I was happy to see what Tannehill did, and I think he can build upon that. And, and you know, like I said, last year he really, he really played like a QB1 over that time. The, the one thing is I don't like – look, I know Derrick Henry's a great runner – but they, I felt that they went a little too, a little too conservative in the playoffs, where they almost 
stop throwing the ball and looking down the field. Did, did you get that impression during the playoffs, or, or do you think that was just a kind of like a stylistic thing that you know the, the Titans were trying to do in order to win those games? What's your because I felt they got they got too conservative during the playoffs in, in their offense. They got away from a little bit of what they were doing during the regular season. Well, 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 which game? They made it to the AFC championship. No, but I, but, but, but I did it. They did it all with. I felt it was too one dimensional. Where you you talked about this a lot with this team, where the run sets up the pass. I don't think they look to do that. If you look to see what De, uh, with AJ Brown did in the in the playoffs, he didn't. They didn't really go to him. They they did nothing, and that means and Tannehill's playoffs numbers were very very soft compared to what he did. Compared to what he did during during the during the regular season, that's all I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, I think you know they they did make some big plays uh, in the passing game, especially the game against the Ravens. They hit them with some big plays. Um, look, you know, th- that's kind of what they want to do. They want to play these ugly games where they're gonna, you know, pummel you with Derrick Henry and then wear you down, and then when you think it's gonna go to Henry. You know, he's going to make a big play probably through A.J. Brown in the passing game. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think from a fantasy football perspective, I mean, Derrick Henry is just one of these guys that, you know, he did it at Alabama and, it's, you know, carried over to the NFL. He gets better and better and better and stronger and stronger and stronger as the game goes on with more carries. They want to beat you up with that offensive line. And, um, you know, Henry is just, a, you know, an absolute beast. And he's, he's just a sure thing. He's just, you know, they got a rookie playing behind him. And, and that's really it. And I, I think the days of him coming out in third down may be over. So he's, you know, added a three down running back to his resume now. And uh, really no weaknesses. And, uh, yeah, they, they want to run that offense to Henry and then, and then, you know, hit you with some big plays with A.J. Brown. But I, I don't know. I think Henry at this point, with absolutely nobody near him in his way to, 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 to vulture touchdowns, to vulture third down plays. I mean, I kind of feel like he has to be a, a top five, seven running back drafted. How do, you, how do you view it? Yeah, I guess the one thing I think that probably hurts Henry a little bit is a lot of leagues that play PPR and that Henry does not catch the ball as as much as those other players. He probably gets 15, 20 catches a year. By the way, when he does catch it and he gets moving, look out because <laughs> he's fun to watch when he's rambling down the field. But and actually, I would argue I'd like to see them use him a little bit more in the playoff. Sorry, in, in a in a in, in not just a running fashion, but let him catch the ball a little bit. But you know, this guy had a you know averaging five yards a carry, fifteen hundred yards last year, just just monster, just really really monster. And and we know what he did during the playoffs. So yeah, I, he's got to be in that top five to seven. And you know, if he, if he gives a smidge more catches, wow, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, lights out. But he's a fun player to watch, and and the offense is gonna revolve around him. Yeah, I mean, is there any question in your mind that he's a, you know, a top, you know, five right around that point, five, six running back? I mean, I can't think of too many guys clearly that you're going to take ahead of him. Uh, so, you know, if you got a first-round pick in a snake draft towards the end of the round, is that a player that you would be targeting? Yeah, I, I would most certainly. I may, maybe, I may be tar- targeting him earlier than that, actually. And when you look at what's behind him um, – because there's just a rookie behind him, and everything else is 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 pretty thin there. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of action, 
a lot of action. So uh, I mean, you know, you know, they, you know, I took from you know, Appalachian State, Darrington Evans. It was it's a good pick. It's a good complimentary player to to uh, Henry. Look, they the Titans didn't have that many picks, but you know they they did what they needed to do. They needed to get another guy to play behind Henry, a rookie uh, with Lewis going, and and um, and so they were able to do that. They want to shore up the offensive line because they want to run the ball. They did that. Um, and and they took some good defensive picks as well to kind of shore up that defense. So they didn't have many picks, but they did well. And, uh, you know, Henry is just as sure thing as they come um, in, the, in the NFL as far as fantasy football is concerned. And as far as moving to receiver, um, I'm really high on A.J. Brown. Um, I was high on him coming into the season last year as a rookie. I thought he was one of these guys that was kind of – under the radar, uh, other rookie wide receivers seem to get a little bit more notoriety in him, but he is a big, fast, strong locomotive. He looks like Anquan Bolden uh, in that open field and the way he catches the ball. And I just, uh, you know, I expect him to just, you know, build on last year. And I don't know if he's a top 12 wide receiver, but he's kind of close. Um, so I, I think, you know, if he's not, you know, in the top 12, he's certainly in, in the top, you know, 15, 18 in that, in that area for certain. I think he could be a top 12 guy this year. What's your view on A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown will be a top 10 receiver this year. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised by, I would not be surprised by that at all. I mean, uh, when yeah, I look, he, he just... so when I look at his stats, right? So he caught fifty-two balls for for just over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Now he had one decent game with Mariota, and that actually was the first game of the year. And after that, it was it was a vacuum, and you know, it took a little bit of time to for him and and um, and Tannehill to gel. I just think when, when Vrabel goes back and watches some of those playoff games and, and, and maybe wishing that they got him more involved in those offense. I went to look at, by the way, Tannehill's stats in, those two, in the first two playoff games. The guy didn't break 100 yards passing in either game. Now, granted, I know it's cold and, and, and they were running Henry all over the place, but I, I think A.J. Brown could, could, could catch, I don't know, 25, 30 balls more than he caught last year and, and put up something like 1,200 to 1,300 yards with double-digit touchdowns. And, and for me, that gets him in the top 10, and I think that's very, very conceivable. I, I think two things are going to happen with A.J. Brown is in terms of stats. He's not going to average 20 yards a carry, but he's going to, to your point, catch a lot more passes this year. Uh, that number is going to be very, very close to 80 receptions. He's not going to have, he's not going to average 20. He's going to be running different routes. They're going to be looking to get him the ball on those slants. They ran that play to perfection last year. So his yards per catch will go down, but his receptions will go up, and that's um, music to fantasy owners' ears when you're playing in a PPR league. So agree with you on that. Do you like do you like the other two kids uh, here, uh, Adam Humphreys and uh, Terms Boy uh, Corey Davis? You want to tell uh, everybody I'm just about? Saying, is there any of these other receivers on the roster that you know uh, you know electrify you, Corey Davis? Boy, oh boy! I mean, I'm I'm surprised. I really am. I expected Corey Davis to really take off, and you know he he's he's such a good route runner. Um, 
He's a polished wide receiver. I don't know what it is. This may be the type of guy that is not going to get re-signed by the Titans, and he'll go somewhere else, and then he'll play much better in his stats. He'll just be much better. I just, I just have that feeling. I, I'm not going to give up on Corey Davis as a player, but as far as any other receiver on the Titans, I, I think you know when you really want to run the ball first and foremost, and then your clear-cut guy is AJ Brown. I'm not sure really what the pecking order is for the other receivers on the team. Um, you know, Humphreys is okay, but in terms of pass catches on the Titan, Titans, the other guy is, is the tight end, John o. Smith. So we'll get to him unless you have any thoughts on any of the other wide receivers. No, the, the one thing I would say, you know, based on the personnel that the Titans like to run, and 50% of the time they, are, they are, have three wideouts, and the other 50% of the time – they probably have a couple of tight ends on the field, and and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that next. But so they like to play those two ten, tight end sets, and it's obviously sets up the running game. And and they have a couple of good tight ends here. So you wanna you wanna take you know John Smith obviously got his opportunity last year with with uh, Delaney Walker, and Delaney Walker's no longer on the roster. Uh, he he got hurt. Um, but they have uh, they have Smith, they have Anthony Fersker, uh, they have M. Cole Pruitt. So, what's your thoughts on? Because I think John Smith is kind of like a almost like a hybrid tight end, and and Fersker's more of that blocker. Is is that kind of the way you see those two guys? Definitely, and I, I kind of like John Smith. I, I think John Smith is amongst among uh, you know many tight ends that we've talked about that can you know somebody is going to hit the jackpot with one of these tight ends that are really going to move into the top maybe six or seven in terms of stats. And John Smith, you know, this is the first time he'll be coming into the year as the clear-cut tight end. He can run. I mean, he is really fast for a tight end. He can get the ball in the open field and he can do something. So, you know, again, after A.J. Brown, I kind of like John Smith as the second-best pass catcher. Um, I would not mind having John Smith on my team as the second tight end and then taking a wait-and-see approach. And if he plays okay, that's fine. You can kind of pick and choose your spots. But if he becomes the second guy in that offense in terms of pass catching, you know, he could be a tight end one uh, right around, you know, that 10, 12 range at tight end. So, you know, he's a guy that I'd be looking at um, and just looking at the opportunity he gets. Uh, I don't know. Do you have a view either way on Smith? Yeah, I like his speed, as you mentioned. And, and I think when you look at Smith, he, he did nothing in the first five or six games where he wasn't really getting involved. And once Delaney Walker was out of the way, it was uh, he was a little, lot, lot, lot more impressive. You know, he caught he caught basically thirty balls and and had over four hundred and fifty yards in in ten games. That's the way his stats look with three touchdowns. So can he build upon that very easily? I find it interesting that you think he could be the number two in this offense. That's a that's a that's a strong statement, and I think most people you know. John o. Smith is a guy you're going to get very late in a, in a snake draft. If you go, even if you have two tight ends, and he's probably going to be a one or two dollar guy in, a, in an auction draft. So it's very interesting uh, a, a viewpoint by you. Well, somebody's got to catch the passes aside from AJ Brown, um, and those other guys, you know, are going to sprinkle in some catches. No question about it. But yeah, I keep my eye on John o. Smith. I, I kind of like him. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything much to really talk about in terms of defense, special teams. Or are we on to the Washington football team next? 
I guess the one thing I would say, look, Mike Vrabel, former linebacker, and, you know, I thought the way that this team played in the playoffs, you know, we go back to that. This defense played very well. It's kind of a no-name defense. Um, you know, I, I know they lost Darrell Casey. He moved on to Denver. Uh, a guy that you really loved from uh, the previous year's draft, Jeffrey Simmons, he got in, he got in action late because he started the year with an injury. But, boy, he had a couple of big games when he, when he was out there. So it's kind of a no-name defense, but it's an, it's an, it's, I think it's a defense to keep an eye on. Uh, I, that's what I would say about the Titans' D. Fair enough. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up, and we'll, we'll, we're going to finish it up next uh, podcast with the Washington football team. I guess that's their name right now. It really makes sense that they're last, too. It really makes a lot of sense that that's the last team. In a lot doing. of ways it does, yes. <laughs> All right, Wiz, good stuff. And uh, that's a wrap here for Guru and Wiz, a fantasy football podcast. Just to remind everybody, uh, the email is guruandwiz at gmail.com. We're on iCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. Get in there. Subscribe. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. So that's that. And see you in a bit. <laughs>